Welcome to the Nature Reliance Podcast, where we explore the history and practical experience of the great outdoors and discover new ways to connect with nature. I'm Craig Cottle, your guide through the fascinating world of natural living and survival skills through experiential education and interviews. Today's episode is brought to you by the Nature Reliance School Online Membership, an immersive online learning experience designed for outdoor enthusiasts just like you. Are you passionate about the outdoors? Do you crave more knowledge about disaster readiness, wilderness survival, bushcraft, tracking, and nature awareness? If so, the Nature Reliance School online membership is your gateway to a community of like-minded individuals, all dedicated to learning and sharing essential outdoor skills. With the Nature Reliance School online membership, you get exclusive access to a wealth of resources, including expert-led tutorials, interactive webinars, and a library of engaging courses, downloadable books, and documents. Whether you're a beginner or an experienced outdoorsman, there's always something new to learn. So don't wait. Click on the link below to join the Nature Reliance School online membership today. Embrace the wilderness, enhance your skills, and become part of a community that values nature as much as you do. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Hey, you. Yeah, you. I'm talking to you. You like this podcast, don't you? And you're thinking about doing a podcast yourself. Let me tell you how easy it is to do this with Anchor. First off, the money's right. It's free. Zero cost. Secondly, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. Bonus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thank you for joining us for another Nature Reliance Media Podcast. We are adding sponsors and affiliate partnerships all the time, so be sure and check our website for an updated list. Going forward, we need your help. Be sure and like and follow the podcast, give us a great review, share with friends and family, and consider becoming a monthly sponsor. If there is a topic you wish for us to cover, please send us a message. Welcome to another episode of the Nature Reliance Media Podcast. I'm Craig Cottle, your host today, solo, by myself. Looking forward to getting together again with Tracy down the road. We'll have some fantastic subject matter. Tracy's working on some things on his own, too, so that we can start delivering a few more podcasts to you on a more regular basis. Man, this is an exciting time for Nature Reliance Media. Got all kinds of cool stuff coming down the road. With that said... I'm here today to tell you about my homeboy, my homie, my good friend, Carl Linnaeus. No, he's actually some guy I don't even know at all. A dude died a long time ago. But let me tell you a little, about a, a little bit about him anyway. You know, this dude was born in southern Sweden. He was educated at the University of Uppsala, where he began teaching botany in 1730. See, Toji's not actually my homeboy. He spent three years in the Netherlands. And on returning to Sweden, he divided his time between teaching, writing, and plant-collecting expeditions, 
At Epsala, 17 of his students embarked on expeditions all over the world. Linnaeus was a friend of Alan Anders Celsius. Yeah, that guy, the Celsius dude, the inventor of the temperature scale. And after his friend's death, Linnaeus reversed the scale so that the freezing point was 32 degrees Fahrenheit and boiling point was 212 degrees Fahrenheit, 100 degrees Celsius. Linnaeus has been described as the prince of botanists, and the philosopher Rousseau said of him, I know no greater man on earth. Linnaeus is buried in Uppsala Cathedral. His remains constitute the type of specimen, the specimen that represents a species used for Homo sapiens. This is from a book I'll link in the description below for you. Uh, just a little written work about, again, our good friend Linnaeus. Now, why is, why is this dude important? Why am I talking about my homeboy, Carl Linnaeus? Well, he was the first dude that really started putting together some ideas on how to name things. How to have a systematic approach to understanding animals, plants, and the things that go along with it. There's basically an, an order of things that this came about, okay? Think about it. Let's say all of us go out and we study things. Let's say, let's just use trees, for example. I'm here in Kentucky. You might be listening to us in Great Britain. Another person is listening to us in Australia. And yet another person is listening on the other coast of, of America in California, for example. Because I study trees here and you study trees there and your trees are different than my trees and, and, and your trees are different than mine and mine are different than yours and all the things that go along with it. When we come together and start to share ideas and what it is that we've learned, it's crucial that we do this so that we can have the advancement of scientific knowledge. We might find that somebody in China has a derivative of a tulip poplar tree that's very similar to the tulip poplar tree that we have here on the east coast of the United States, which actually we do. That's why I said that. With that said... Somebody in China doesn't talk like I do in my Appalachian American dialect. They have a completely different language and, and they probably love the way that I talk because most people do. But the thing is, we've got to have a way that we can communicate effectively together. So when we work together, the next step in this, particularly as it relates to doing so over long distances, uh, naturalist, scientist, amateur, uh, citizen scientist, we all need to have things to be named with accuracy. Now, I've learned this lesson the hard way uh, on my YouTube channel. So one of the things that came about when I first started recording videos for YouTube was I would call something this. You know, I'll just give you an example because one of these is sitting right in front of me. Uh, Virginia Pine. As I look out into the woods right in front of me as I record this podcast for you, there's several Virginia pine uh, right in front of me. Pinus virginianus. I talked about that. Actually, it was a real early video long before we wrote the book, Essential Wilderness Navigation, probably a good five or six years before we wrote that book. Because I was talking about direction finding as it relates to trees and how they grow on the side of a hill and recognizing where the sun comes up and which uh, which hillside gets most sunlight will give you a basic understanding of direction. If that topic fascinates you, then pick up our book, Essential Wilderness Navigation. Uh, we'll have a link for that in the description below, too. One of the things that I did in this video is I talk about, hey, there's a lot on, if you look on this side of this field, there's a lot of Virginia pine. But you look on the opposite side of the field, there's not any Virginia pine, and there's a reason for that. 
and the trolls came out of the woodwork because that's not a Virginia pine, right? It's a yellow pine. And some people in Kentucky even call it a yellow pine. We were all talking about the same things. There were there was a troll that hit me really hard saying, You don't I don't know what I'm talking about. That's not a Virginia pine. It's a yellow pine. And this guy lived two counties over from me. He was right. And I was right. But if we want to communicate effectively together, we probably should have used the term Pinus Virginianus, for example. And that way, you know, if you look up Pinus Virginianus in a book, you'll notice that some names are yellow pine, yellow pine, uh, Virginia pine, uh, scrub pine, any number of different things that come up with this particular tree species. Now, once we do that, once we, when we start to work together, we understand that there's a need to name things with accuracy. What happens is if we don't do that, then there's misunderstandings that cause discrepancies in scientific knowledge. And so, for example, let's just take this yellow pine and Virginia pine example that I just gave you. Let's say that this person that's over in this other county is talking about Virginia pine and he's teaching people about it. And while he's teaching people about it, he talks about Virginia pine. And I'm over here teaching about Virginia pine. And somebody doesn't put two and two together and realize, hey, we're talking about Pinus virginianus. It might be that that guy, let's say he's a researcher, just for the sake of discussion, just bear with me on this. That guy's a researcher over there, and he finds out, this is not true, I have no idea if this is true. He discovers that yellow pine has a fungus growing on the roots that helps uh, the, the nutritional benefits of the tree. And let's say I don't realize that what he's talking about is Pinus virginianus. And I'm over here researching fungi as they relate to the root system of Virginia pine. If we don't have the same naming, then it's hard for us to come to conclusions together. And we just do a lot of duplication of work. Whereas if he says, okay, I'm working with Pinus virginianus, we refer to this as yellow pine over here. And I look and go, okay, I'm looking at Pinus virginianus, and we refer to it as yellow pine over here. Then his research, if it's good research, is something that I could utilize and vice versa. Now, if you're not scientifically inclined, you know, I'm not either. I mean, I'm just a woodsman, right? But one of the things that I learned real early on is, and this is how I go about when I'm studying things, whether it's edible medicinal plants or whether it's just studying for the the naturalist understanding of different things, I will often, somebody will say something, and we may be talking about a similar plant, and I'll oftentimes go, can you show me a picture of it? Because I might know it as a different name. And try to go about it that way and find out as I'm working with other people and I'm learning from other people, and maybe they're learning from me too, that we may be talking about the same plant, we can still learn from one another. For example, when I'm teaching edible medicinal plants, or typically my wife does, but she will very rarely talk about the Latin names, but what she will share is, hey, this is what I call it, and this is what I've read that other people call it as well. And almost always, some of them go, oh, okay, that's, that's, because Jennifer calls it wood sorrel, for example, picking up another species, wood sorrel over here. And she'll say, and a lot of people call this sourgrass. Oh, yeah, sourgrass. I know, sourgrass, you know, that kind of thing. It's important to be open to understanding when we're talking about regional, or well, when we're talking about common names, that a lot of those common names are actually just 
regional, sometimes very localized names. If we have that understanding and we're open to that and we encourage others around us to be open to that, then we have opportunities to learn and share information with one another. Because the last part of this, again, is that if you don't know the names of things, then the knowledge of them is lost. And so it might be, again, let's go back to the Pinus virginianus example. This guy does this research about fungi on the root system. And again, I'm just making that up for the sake of our discussion here. Let's say that he's just not a good researcher and he doesn't know how to publish stuff or he doesn't know how to get published or he doesn't know how to disseminate information in YouTube and, and Facebook and even social media and things like that as, a, as an amateur. Then if I don't know that he's doing that research and he does a poor job about it, then that research might get lost entirely. Whereas if he puts it out as Pinus virginianus, and I know, oh, wow, this dude's doing Pinus virginianus, and he found this stuff about fungi on the root system, then I can share my knowledge as well. So that's what, again, my homeboy, Carl Aeneas, was all about. He started coming up with ways to classify different items in nature, and his text for that was called Systema Naturae. And therefore, he basically considered that his greatest work as well as many other naturalists did for that matter. And he eventually put out Species Plantarum. That was put out in 1753 and it covered 7,300 species by 1753. You know, some of the plants had been known up to that point by very impractical names. For example, Plantigofolus Volta lanceolatus pubescent to bus spica cylindrica Scapo uh, Tourette. Well, my homeboy Carl Anaeus, Carl Anaeus called it Plantigo Media, which was very sufficient to identify it. Now, those other words, it sounds like I'm singing Nirvana song and I got marbles in my mouth blah, 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 with all those words. So, my boy Carl Anaeus put it down in more digestible pieces of information so that those of us now can utilize the taxonomy of these different species to communicate about the same things and not have this incredible amount of duplication of work or taking the risk of losing things. So it's worthy of your consideration, without a doubt, for you when you're studying plants to study the Latin, what's commonly referred to as the Latin names, look at the keys and see where these things get keyed out and how they lead to different species and understand, understand importantly, the names of these that are more common as well as those that are more scientific based so that you can communicate to other people. Now, if you live in some sort of isolated area and you don't care to share that information with others ever in the rest of your life, then it doesn't really matter. And at the same time, don't forget, you know, maybe Aboriginal and Native American cultures, they didn't know the names of anything or maybe they didn't have names for anything and there was no taxonomic classification. And they seem to do pretty well with plants and edibles and medicinals and, and utilize them for gardening and, and horticulture purposes and all the things that go along with it. So with that said, it's worthy of your investigation, particularly when you want to communicate to others and learn from them and be able to be on the same page, if you will, of the things you're discussing. So yeah, that's a real dig, a little dig into the systems of identifying all organisms in nature. Because if you get into it, you're going to see all these genus and kingdoms and species and all things that go along with it. Maybe we'll discuss that on another day and what all that means. And that way you can, if you want to be a survivalist and know your edible medicinal plants, maybe you're a 
hunter and you want to know how producers and consumers work together, all of this naturalist understanding is going to be incredibly beneficial to you to be able to set your traps where you want to. If you're a survivalist, hunt in a better place because you understand the environment a lot better. All of this that we're doing here on Nature Reliance Media as it relates to Nature Notes is doing everything we can to help you be more educated, enriched, or maybe even t- entertained when you go in the outdoors. As always with Nature Reliance School, come on, join in. Let's learn together. And that wraps up another fantastic episode of the Nature Blinds podcast. I hope today's journey has inspired you to explore and connect with the natural world in new and exciting ways. Before I say goodbye, remember to check out the Nature Blinds School online membership. If today's episode sparked your interest in wilderness skills and outdoor adventures, this online community is the perfect place for you to start or continue your journey. You can currently sign up for a year for only $99 and get two months for free. Click the link below to discover a world of expert-led courses, engaging content, and a vibrant community eager to share their knowledge and experiences. Whether you're starting your outdoor journey or looking to deepen your existing skills, the Nature Reliance School online membership is here to guide you. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe for more adventures and share this podcast with your fellow nature enthusiasts. Until next time, come on, join in. Let's learn together.